0: Hello and welcome back to the League One Lowdown, uh, the podcast dissecting and discussing all the latest news from the third tier of English football. It's been a while since we've done one of these, but we are back. Um, We've just been incredibly lazy, but we are back now. Um, I'm obviously joined by uh, my usual co-hosts, joined by Alex and Matt. How are you doing, folks?
1: Not too bad, Joe. How are you doing, mate?
0: You alright? right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. What have you been doing with the time off, mate? It's been two months since you have done one of these. What's, What's going on?
1: I've just been busy with uni work, mate. You know it is. So just been busy doing that.
0: Final straight for that, and then uh, I can enjoy Christmas, mate. I mean, yeah, well, been doing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've just been. Yeah, I've just been asleep for the last two months, mate. It's just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what about you, Brum? What have you been up to, pal? Uh, just
2: work, football, the usual stuff. Just living the Brum life and enjoying the weekends. You know how it goes. <laughs>
0: Did you say living the broom life?
2: We don't have the Brum life, came
0: as well. <laughs> We all <laughs> know, we know what the Brum life's all about, don't we? <laughs> right, let's, well, not let's, co- tell,
1: let's not tell the listener there.
0: <laughs> behind closed doors, mate. That's behind the scenes. <laughs> right, let's, uh, let, let's let's crack on and talk about um, talk about the football there. And obviously, it's been uh, it's been an eventful weekend in League One. Um, obviously, the the first place to come, obviously, is, uh, is 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 to you, Matt. Obviously, it's been an eventful weekend. Uh, to be a Bristol Rovers fan. Um, obviously, a big win at Portman Road on Saturday Ipswich Town. Um, but almost straight after the game, rumours circulating that the manager, Graham Coughlin, was going to be out the out the, out the door and uh, and off to Mansfield. Um, I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a rollercoaster over the last few days, I imagine, Matt, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's such a shame that the manager's come out and said this given, you know, we've had a win at Portman Road, first time in over 60 years. Um, probably the biggest result we've had since coming back into League One. And he's basically dropped his bombshell, which just took away everything that has stood, you know, took away the, the amazing win we've got. And it was such a shame that, you know, the manager made it about him. I think the club could have handled it better as well as him. You know, they, they should have given it 24 hours, let the Rovers fans go home on a long, long journey to Ipswich and just celebrate the win. Um, I'm not stunned, I'm not shocked, I'm, I'm surprised, obviously. Um, but, you know, the manager's given hints he wants to go. His family live in Sheffield. This job perfect for him. It's, what, 30, 40 minutes away, if that. Um, it's, it's a shame, but, you know, you, you, just, we, you know, I've just accepted it now that it's going to happen. It's only a case of when he, when he actually formally gets announced as a new Mansfield manager.
0: Mm, yeah. Did you think it's all about the uh, the location and the sort of logistics of the job? Or do you think there is a few issues with sort of the ambition from a Bristol Rose perspective? Because as mm. as you say, you know, Bristol Rose has been absolutely flying in the league. A great result at Ipswich at the weekend, right up there in the form table, so like fourth in the league now. Um it seems a bit of a baffling one from the outside looking in.
1: I think that obviously as I said to you and Alex off um off camera and obviously, you know, away from this, um I, I think it is logistics, but I also think the board's backing is not there for him. I think that's a genuine reason. But I think the main reason is the fact that the logistics side of things is what it's, what's taken its toll on him. That's what's made him the decision. But I think, you know, almost a bit more salt into the wound, if you like, on the Rovers fans and everyone connected to the club is the fact that, you know, he's come out and said that the board aren't backing him, which I totally do think is, is the right thing. But I think the main reason... Is the, is the logistical side of things. And it makes me think now where we go from here because it's our best chance we've had and probably could ever get of getting into the Championship. We, whether we're ready for it or not, um, we you know probably going to answer that question now. No, we're not ready for it, but we might get there, we might not get there. Um, but it's a shame to see him leave behind what he's just started because there was a real good feeling that something good was going to happen here under his leadership and... He's thrown it up in the water now for someone else to, to kind of carry
0: on. Mm, mm. Obviously, it's, it's not been confirmed yet that he's leaving, but it's looking highly likely after, after Rovers put a statement out earlier today saying they've reluctantly uh, allowed uh, Cochrane to speak to Mansfield. Um, so it's still a little bit early to be talking about replacements, obviously, before he's actually been confirmed, but we're going to do it anyway. You know, who, mm. if, you know, if, the, if the inevitable happens and he, and he leaves the club, um, who, what sort of people are you looking to, 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 to get in?
1: Well obviously you know as soon as the the uh, thing came out there was all these rumors the bookies favorite someone like Paul Tisdale who I believe still lives down in the southwestern exeter now for me he's not the right type of person his foot you know look I've been a good admirer of his football for a long time I think he plays the right way but in terms of how he would want to play I think with the current players we've got I think it's not the right move I've seen the name of Nathan James, which is probably the biggest name out there at the moment. But for me, he won't come here. But Luton, he had good backing. Yes, we're fourth in the league. We're attractive in that sense. But off the pitch, you've got nothing. So he's going to need, I think those two sort of managers, the way they play and the current squad we've got, they're going to need at least a year, I think, to get it right. So there's no point going down that road. We just need somebody who's going to come in not change things, use the players that he's got because we've got to 4th in the league, not on quality. You know, Oxford have, you know, they're better than us. Peterborough better than us. Ipswich, Wiccan, they're all better than us in this league, all on quality. And there's a lot of teams like that. We've got there through sheer guts and determination, you know, a real good team spirit and dogged effort. That's why we're 4th in the table. We deserve to be there as well. So somebody needs to come in and keep that um, continuity in the team. You can't have anyone just going in there and changing it. So the man for me to do that not just because of his love affair with the club and how much the fans adore him. Is Ian Holloway? That's the man who it worked, And he would take that job in a heartbeat. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a case of money. He would come into that team straight away and he would manage it. He would get more fans in the stadium. He'd get an unbelievable atmosphere back at home games, which has not quite been there this season, even though we're riding high. So I think for me, he, is just, he makes all the sense to come in. But... It's up to the board whether they're him because he's had his problems with them in the past. That he's written his various columns with uh, Bristol Live, which um, you and Alex may or may not have seen.
0: Mm. Bro, I'll bring you on this on this uh, in this mm-hmm. one. Um, who do you think the right man to, to take Bristol Rovers forward? I mean, Holloway has been mentioned. Obviously, that's a ringing endorsement for Holloway from from RZ There. What, what do you think, mate?
2: Uh, well, there's a, there's a couple of um, names I can go for. Really, like. The Sort of um style that the hard work style that Coughlin had Holloway might be a sort of um a good name to bring that forward or as as I he said great Graham not Graham Jones sorry um Nathan Jones is out of a job and he obviously residing from South Wales which is where he's originally from he could be with Bristol not too far away just over the bridge that could be like a quite attractive job in terms of location for him similar to the way um Coughlan's moving back up to um the Yorkshire, South Yorkshire way to be um near Sheffield. And Do you think that's
0: a good up. fit? Do you think that's a good fit, though, mate Nathan Jones? I mean, is that a good fit for the, for this job? Because I think Nathan Jones plays a particular way, doesn't he? I mean, is that is, is Rovers the, the right club for him at this time? I
2: mean, I, we could only really tell if he um got a crack at the job, but I think if be definitely worth putting his name in the frame. I mean, I think it'd be. Rovers, the interest would surely have to be mainly from Rovers' side, not from Nathan Jones' So I can't imagine Nathan Jones would want to throw his name straight into the mix. I think Rovers have to make the first approach and lay down the foundations for the project they want him to carry out. And if he can see a fit in that, I think it will go from there. I can't imagine he'd be the person to initiate the interest and the price of the job. But I, I don't think it would be a bad fit at all, really. I can, I can see um, him, the diamond sort of suiting um what's his name, Johnson Clark Harris at the top of the pitch, similar to it suiting um, James Collins when they were at Luton. Like, when um, Nathan Jones was Stoke, he kept saying that he didn't have the right personnel to carry out his tactics, which you could argue is a bit poor on his behalf with the recruitment in the in the summer just gone, where they couldn't really get out of the bottom three in the league. But with if he had a bit of time at Rovers, I'm sure he could replicate some similar sort of form that he had at Luton. But I also just want to say that Graham Coughlin did an absolutely fantastic job four overs, he was brought in with them, I think they were like second bottom of the league, weren't they, RZ? Um, yeah, we were. This time he, that year as well. bottom, yeah. And then since then, he's picked up 96 points in the 56 games he's had in
1: charge. Which... I'm not, you know, I, I want to interrupt you, mate, I, I don't mean to do this, but, um, but I'm, I'm going to say on record, that like, he's done a terrific job. I'm not denying that away from him, what, you know, exceptional job, where he, come, where he took us from, you know, where he took over from, to where he's leaving us. It's just a shame that he's leaving it all. All behind, and I think yeah, they said it on Quest. I think it was Adrian Clark who did it. The way he announced it just lacked class. And I think I thought you'd mm. have a bit more about him just to let the Rovers fans enjoy the night, beating it switch away. Might not even get as high as that. Might, that might be the peak. He just didn't let us celebrate it. I think that's that's the real shame behind it. And I think that's why he's almost gonna leave not of his head held high in, in not on the on the pit sense, but he's gonna leave it. In a bad way because of the way he did it. That's why I think that's that's one thing. But I just wanted to say that I'm eternally grateful for the job he's done, and you know I wish him well because you can't take away the reasons why he's left the football club. It's is understandable, but it's just how it was done for me. That's the problem
2: because um the, the what the points total is carried out if you average across um over forty six game season the amount of games he's had that's seventy six points from what would be over forty forty six game season. Ooh. And that would get you, last season, that would have um, be enough to get to a six-play finish above Doncaster and get into the playoffs. So that, that form is really, really good, considering when he picked, um, picked up the team, they were second bottom in the league. So mm-hmm. I think you, you can't really like, take away the job he's done, because when you just look at that, he's taken a team who are relegation candidates and effectively turned them into playoff candidates. and no, In course, such a short space of time, I think he deserves huge credit.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how he gets on at Mansfield. To be fair, because although they're a League Two club, as a League One podcast, I mean that is a bit of a tough job. Um, uh, and he's obviously he's done all right with Rovers. I think mean, it'll be interesting to find out. But anyway, let's let's move the conversation on a little bit to. Um, to the table toppers, uh, Wickham <laughs> hey. it, or At least I think they're. I think they're top of the league. I mean, Brum's barely mentioned it. To be fair, he hasn't so. mentioned
1: it. Has <laughs> it <yeah. laughs> I think, um, is it um, seven points clear at the top of the league. I think. Uh, no, clear. no idea, yeah. mate. You can thank I've, us for that favour as well, Brum. By the way.
2: <laughs> yeah. For, thank you, Bristol Rovers, for Sarovas beating it for
1: right. yeah. any time.
0: <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I, I suppose we'll have to. Well, I don't really want to. we am going to have to talk <laughs> about this with uh, with Brum. Um. Another another three points for, for Wickham on Saturday. A two 0 win against Burton. You know. To be fair. That looked like a potential banana skin on paper, you know, but not a bad side, you know, well drilled under, under Nigel Clough, but a fairly comfortable win at Adams Park. The, the remarkable home form for Wickham continues. Broome, what what is going on at the moment? I think we've got
2: the best manager in the league by a country mile and he's just instilled this winning mentality into a very talented group of players. And we just don't know how to get beat. at the minute. We've, we've only lost um, one game all season. we are unbeaten beaten in the last 13, I think it is now 13 league games. And it's you can just see on the picture like, every time we play, we just look like we're going to win. Like, it may not be pretty, it may not be. Um, sometimes you have to just take the game with the scruff of the neck, but we just find a way to put teams aside and beat them. And the fact is, our only loss has come to um Gillingham, who are with all due respect, they're probably they're not going to be in and around the top six at the end of the season. We can do it in the games that matters against um the teams who are going to be finishing around us. Like, we're a missed penalty away from beating Ipswich. We... We have drew three all with Peter, but we beat Sunderland. We've beat beat Rotherham. We've um beat drew Blackpool. We've got Oxford on Saturday. I mean, we beat all the teams around us in the in the top half of the league, and it just it shows if you win those sort of games against promotion rivals or don't lose at least, you're always going to have a chance. And I think the, the, the as you said, Saturday was a banana skin against Burn Burnley. Got the third best away record in the league. That's not that's not um. Pretend that was going to be an easy game. They may be in a sort of a false league position in about 16th, but that they have got the quality which can trouble bigger teams in the league, as you can as you can see from picking up the third most points away from home this season. But Wickham just know how to win. They, they did enough in the game against Burn Burn had the better of the large spells in the game, but it's just the Ainsworth way. You find a way. You like I, I saw an interview from Scott Brown with um another podcast D3D4, and he says that. The way Ainsworth makes you play, he makes you want to run through brick walls for him. He makes you want to put yourself on the line. He makes you want to do everything you can to get the result for the team. And I think that has all come down from him learning on the job. When he first took over back in um 2012, we were, he wasn't anywhere near like the manager he is now. Like He made mistakes. He, he admit, he, he's admitted to that. He had to learn on the job. But since he has been learning, he's just grown and grown in his um, ability as a manager. And you can absolutely see now that he's... Such such a talented young manager, and I'd honestly, I, I just can't see how long we can keep hold of him for. because I, I can't believe that like, there's championship clubs who could easily like blow us out of the wall haven't made an approach to him yet. If I if I if I was um, a championship chairman and my manager just left, he'd be the first person I'd be getting a shirt on the phone to be Angelus. I think if you if you know anything about the guy, he would just be an excellent fit for pretty much any single team in the whole EFL.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I tweeted on um, on Saturday, know yeah, looking at the league table and. Thinking it's going to take a lot now, you know, for for Wickham not to go up, just due to their consistency, and also not just the quality of Wickham, but the inconsistency of some of the teams below them, like Ipswich. I win six. I think Peterborough are brilliant on their day, and then next week they can drop needless points, and and you know it's all quite you know, there's you know a bit of a gap starting to emerge between Wickham and the rest of the, of the rest of the teams. I mean, what, what what are your thoughts on on Wickham now moving forward, coming into the Christmas period? You know, is it now almost Wickham's to lose promotion or is it, you know, what, you know, because I, because I saw some, quite a few people reply to me saying, nah, I think, no, I think they're going to tail off, they're going to hit a rocky patch. I mean, do you, are you expecting that to come or are you just, because Wickham at the moment are one of the most consistent teams in the league. Exactly, you're 100%
2: correct That A lot of people have been saying all season Wickham are going to tail off, or oh, we won't, keep, Wickham won't keep this up, or oh, the manager will leave, but at the minute, we've picked up forty-three points from twenty games. That's better than two points a game. But honestly, on course to hit hundred points this season, if we go at this rate, like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like I, the last team, I hit hundred points. I mean, did Sheffield United do it a couple of years ago? I'm not even sure. Uh, they, they they it, I think, I think They it. might have been a couple
1: short. Sheffield United, uh, but they overdid we, it really, or they were really close. We could
2: genuinely be on close. Like if we go at this rate, we, it, like breaking the points record. I'm not. I'm not getting ahead of myself. But it would not be out of the question if we keep picking up points at this rate. We're almost halfway through the season. We've only lost one game. And like as you say, the inconsistent like Ipswich of now. They're not one in their last four games. Oxford are looking like they'll be mounting a search automatic promotion. Days. They've only won one of their last four games. So the only team who really have been consistent this whole season so far is Wickham. And people are saying that um, they're going to tail off. Well, we've got our next five games are very tough. It's Oxford away, Portsmouth at home, Coventry at home, Ipswich, Ipswich at home, Sunderland away. All five teams should expect to finish in the top six or seven at, at the end of the season. So if we can pick up say what nine points from those five games or something which would be definitely be enough to keep us at the top then I, I just don't see why there'd be any reason to fear because last time we had a sort of like a tough run of pictures like this in October we come through unbeaten with, with Peterborough Sundland Blackpool and Rotherham we won two and drawn two out of those like, that's, a fan, that's a fantastic set of return from the sort of teams you'd expect to be causing um, expect to be finishing up there at the end of the season so I really can't. Like, I've been trying to like play it down, like for quite a while now. But I just can't see any reason why we're not going to get promoted. Like we've got such great strength and depth in the squad as well. Like our attacking options, I think we may not necessarily have the best players, but I think we've got the most variety of options going forward. I agree with league, that. And we can mm. we can set up to play against any team, and which is I think that is the reason why we've only lost once once this season because. We, we know, like, the a- Ains are so good at doing this. Identifying like, the weeks of the opposition. Like, he would set us up to play against them. Like It's sort of been a little bit different this season. Like, he, would say, he, sort of, he said in an interview that we're now setting up to play our way. We're not worrying as much about the opposition. We're playing to our way. Which I think, especially when you have the personnel which can suit um, playing against other, other defenders, that... Um, I think it's just a sort of it's just it's just a recipe for success. And I re- I've, as I've been saying, I really want to play it down, but I just can't see why we're not going to get promoted this season.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, w- one of the things you mentioned there, which uh, few few people in the reply to who replied to my tweet on Saturday were saying, "Oh, Wickham, they've got a small squad," but they haven't. Like, they're, they're, look at their squad size; it's not any smaller than anyone else's. And I think people are sort of looking down a little bit on Wickham because they sort of expect them to sort of be a side that's going on a good run. It will end eventually, but. I mean, honestly, I look at their form and 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 not just the form, but the sides they've beaten as well, and the sides they've actually got points against. They've played good sides. They've not really had an easy run of late. They've been teams that have been difficult in there. So I think you, I think you you mentioned it though, Brum, The next five games are going to be pretty interesting to see where Wickham are after those after that sort of run of fixtures. Um, Matt, from from a neutral perspective, I mean, what are you thinking about Wickham right now?
1: I think, you know, I think Alex touched on it that he's absolutely spot on in terms of them being consistent. I think at the moment, they just don't look like losing. I don't know when they're going to um, lose a game. Let's, let's be honest, I think... Well, hopefully Saturday, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you know, looking at I think Ainsworth was on Quest, I think, um, two weeks ago nearly. And you don't want to talk about it like that, but everything has just fallen into place. They get mm. a new investment, and it's just completely took them to a, n- a new level. You know, they've um, got these results against the big boys. And, you know, Alex made a great point the fact they have been consistent, but the other teams are just dropping points. And Wickham are just so focused on themselves that they're just not, you know, they just don't look like they're going to slip up at any point. And for me, you know, they've got a seven-point lead, you know, with the penultimate game before Christmas, uh, the last game before Christmas coming up on Saturday. It's going to take a miracle to to drop down. And, you know, I don't like this excuse they have small squads. Bristol City... um, what talking four and a half years ago? They had the smallest squad. They give, they got hundred points. Look at Leeds in the championship this year. They've got twenty two points out of twenty four, and they've got an absolutely very reduced squad. So there's, I don't like that excuse. I just think they're a very good team that do deserve a lot more credit than what
2: they get. Can I add one thing, which I think may end up, if anything is going to cost us? I think this is what it will be. Our top scorer is our left back, and he's from he takes like set pieces. Joe and set pieces like penalties, free kick. Like, we may lack that sort of goal score which you usually have if you challenge for promotion. Like, we've not got a 20-goal-a-season player. But, like, everyone sort of chips in, which, OK, that's fair enough. But like, you, you, you look at like, Luton last year. They had James Collins, who yeah. scored the goal. Like, fancy. Yeah. Corley Woodrow. They had those players who just a striker. You just know. You expect to score every game. And we've not got that. So, if yeah. anything's going to be, will let us down. But, we may just lack the sort of goals from a, from a number nine to, but, to get us quite over the line this season. But, but it, who knows?
1: But then, when you've got Akin Fenner up front, who's what, 37 or 38 or something like that. I'm not too sure on his age. People are going to look at you and not expect you to score goals up front. That's the point. Ames have said that, you know, Ames pretty much, you know, if you spoke to him right now, he'd admit the fact, look, we're not going to score goals because you've got Akin Fenner up front. He won't get you 20 goals. He's more effective in other ways. So I think it's, I think it's good that there's other players in the team that can do that. So it's, you know, as I said, but we're going on to the next five games are crucial. If you can get, 10 points, let's say, out of the 15, afford to lose one of them. You know, I I think you're, you're placing the championship, salt, and I think it's brilliant to see in League One because it's, you know, all this myth about the big boys. You know, you look at Portsmouth are not really at it at the moment, Sunderland are a mess. Um, all the other teams, you know, the Rotherhams, things like that, they're trying to push for the playoffs. I think it's refreshing to see Wickham up there. Let's, you know, let's be honest here. And I'm saying that as a neutral. Like,
2: that's another stereotype which has been a little bit like, um, Oh, uh, Wickham, which is long ball to Akinfenwa. Well, Akinfenwa started two of our last eight games. So if you're going off that stereotype, you clearly don't really know that much about Wickham. The fact that, oh, we're just Akinfenwa FC, you play it up to him and go off there. Well, we can't play up to him. If he's not on the pitch. He started two of our last eight games. So you've just got to really take what you want from that.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, as I say, that these next five games are going to be interesting. But I, I do agree with Ibram that the variety of Wickham's forward line and yeah, like the yeah. players that haven't even got been... like Josh Parker got a promotion winner's medal last season he barely kicked the ball for Wickham like they've got strength in depth like that was mm. one thing that people sort of come at me with when I said that and I was like I don't think you really um, have done that much research into what Wickham are about this season like, I, I, think I you agree just sort of I think you know. Yeah, people, I, totally I think that's what people expect that Wickham have got a small squad, but I don't think I don't actually think they have. Like, in my the, the in st- my
2: opinion, our best player is Fred on your dimmer, and he's been injured since um like early October. Like, he, and he, and in my opinion, he's our best player, and he hasn't even been on the
1: pitch up the last two months. He so. hasn't really set the world alight when he's played anyway. No, nah, he's I been suppose. quite. He has
2: been quite good, to be fair. Like, I, I really. Oh, like maybe, maybe
1: maybe that's me being a bit harsh, but you know, He I don't think like, doesn't watch Wickham a lot. Y- you don't
2: really see his name. You haven't really seen his name entered this much. This season purely because he's been injured. But when he does come back, us and be like a new sign. And it's not going to be like a sort of an average player. He's going to be the he. he could potentially be that twenty goal player I was talking about. To be fair, because he I mean, he scored five goals in about like seven or maybe like eight or nine appearances, like before um eight or nine starts before he got injured. So yeah. if he can like sort of rekindle that form, he could be that twenty goal player I was referring to earlier. Mean, we may not even need to like uh, go shopping in the transfer window.
0: Yeah, it's a beat Terry fossil, mate. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's talk a, a bit about Oxford because we've gone on a bit about Wiccan for too long from my liking anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, well, well, I say talk, I want to talk about Oxford. It's not been a, a great result of the weekend. Obviously, we've lost for the first time uh, in the league since Fleetwood away uh, quite a few games ago. It was a disappointing result, 1-0 defeat. Uh, MK Dons, who hadn't won in 13. Um, Got to say, to be honest, it was a really poor performance, really flat performance. Um and you know, yeah, deserve a deserved defeat. And I, I don't think you really um I don't think you can really say that it hasn't been coming. I mean it's uh, we weren't great against Shrewsbury last week. Um and we're hitting a, we're hitting a little bit of a rocky patch. Um you We've know, only lost one. Um, you know, said in the last sort of like fifteen games, uh, only lost one. Sorry, in the last fifteen games, something ridiculous like that. But the performances are starting to. You know, we're not quite hitting the heights of the performances we put in against Lincoln and Rochdale and Gillingham and that that spell and West Ham as well. Of course, that real spell when we were really hitting top gear and absolutely flying. But, why, why, um, why, why,
1: do you, why do you think that is, Jay? So to interesting. Why, why do you think that is? It's just suddenly sort of the dynamics change a little bit. Why do you think?
0: Inj- injuries mate because we've had a lot of injuries and to be fair like Carl, Carl Robinson is somebody who you know he, he likes an excuse every now and then but to be fair like last season he was moaning about injuries all the time but this season I mean I've never seen anything like it because we've got um, so many injuries but they're all to the same position like they're all central midfielders getting out injured like we've got no injured defenders but we've got about six midfielders out um, yeah. so that just proves that it, the, 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 the the we've not really had the rubber degree in terms of injuries this season um, even the players that we, wingers, that we converted to centre midfield because he ran out of centre midfielders, then got injured. You know, that's that's really ha- how unlucky we've been in that respect this season. And although we're starting to get players back, Shandon Baptiste and Cameron Brannigan um, were back on Saturday. The players, we had a lot of players that had to, have had to play like every game because we've had nobody else. And they're now feeling the, the fatigue, I think, coming into the Christmas period, which isn't great. But, I mean, we we just need the players back. We need Henry back. James Henry missed massively on Saturday. I think he's definitely our most important player. Um, and if we, I think he's going to be back for the next game, which will be a massive boost for us. Um, that that really is the reason. Injuries and, and and also, I think, over the course of a season, you can't quite be at your best all the time. I don't think we've put in... Like the, Saturday was the first really bad performance we've put in, to be fair. But we have sort of not been quite hitting the heights over the past few weeks. Um, from obviously we're going to talk a little bit about Oxford Wickham um, which is on Saturday coming up but what's you, mm-hmm. what are your opinions on, on Oxford at the moment because obviously you, you you were looking at the promotion rivals around you at the moment Oxford maybe three four weeks ago you would say yeah they're definitely one that we've got to look out for now you know we've, as, as you mentioned earlier we've won one in four what are your thoughts now
2: well that's the thing I think before Oxford got their injuries they were the team I was most worried about like being able to hunt us down at the top I've always said that I think Oxford, Peter, British, Richard Wickham were probably the best four teams in the league. Well, I said it like, for about the past couple of months. And I was really worried that Oxford were just going to keep going on this winning run and we were going to sort of slip up and drop points and overtake us. And I think um, George Alec said something, that Oxford win every week and we're still eight points behind Wickham. Like Wickham must be a bloody good side for that to happen because it feels like we, the Oxford don't stop winning and they're still quite a way behind, mm. behind Wickham.
0: We had a bad start, mate. That, that's really cost us. We had a bad start and Wickham had been... At it all season. I, d- really. I don't think this little blip, as such,
2: because let's be honest, it is a blip. Only winning one of one of the last four in the league, like that's not promotion form at all. But I don't think it's anything to be too worried about. I think when mm. important players such as Branigan, Baptiste, all the centre midfielders you were referring to, when they come back, I think that'll be this that Ox would be able to start clicking again and playing the way which would have made them so threatening to to everyone in the league. Really, so, but I think it was since like was it like September against that Fleetwood game, was sort the fifteen un- unbeaten run in the league, which. That's yeah. the third of the season you go without losing. Like, that is mm. bloody impressive. Like, see, that is, mm. without a shadow of a doubt, and, and a good enough form to take you to um, automatic promotion. So it's just whether the team can click again when all the, when all the injured players come back. And another thing for to worry about is if Matty Taylor gets recalled in January, which I think mm. he's, a, he's a, definitely a number nine. who Matt can vouch for as well here mm. with, with Bristol Rovers. Like, he, he's a pure goal scorer at this level. He's proven. And whilst he probably hasn't hit the heights, which some Oxford fans were maybe hoping he would hit, he's he has been he's been solid enough since he's come in, and he sort of complements the style of play quite well. I think he allows like the wingers, such as like Fosu and Henry, and the attacking players to be able to um, get yeah, the I best agree. out of them, which is why Oxford have been thriving so much. And they're they're, they're the second highest goal scorers in the league. let like, that's not managing away from the way Oxford score goals this season. Like, it's been it's been fantastic. Like going to Lincoln and scoring seven. Like, i I can't remember Lincoln ever really conceding not like, four in a game before, let alone alone seven. Yeah. So it's quite clear that Oxford definitely do have the talent to be able to um cause problems for the for, for their promotion rivals. But whether whether it's um whether they go on and do it, it could be another thing. Like I'm um, looking at the table now, they're well it's only only six points behind it, which I suppose in second, but thirteen points behind Wickham, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect them to be I don't think you could expect Oxford to catch us come the end of the season, but now this is on record. I'm really regretting saying that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts, mate? on uh, Oxford at the moment.
1: I think it's I think it's just sort of a little bit what what Brune said, I think, you know, you know, you went on what, a, a eleven game unbeaten run before you lost to MK Dons, correct me if I'm wrong. Um,
0: mm, but yeah similar
1: You know you it's, it's one, one win in four okay it's not great. Maybe you have lost your touch a little bit. Um, you talked about you've got injuries, you know, when you when you have a whole, you know, pretty much key key area of your you know squad, key players within it that get injured, it is gonna obviously be a little bit. Um, but I think they're a real genuine threat. I think for me this year, I think the recruitment side of things look really good. I, I've been really impressed with Fossu. I'd go as far as saying he's been one of probably the best wingers in the league, if not the best. Um, you know, Matty Taylor's going to get you goals at this level. You've got to remember with him as well, he did get an injury for you know, a little period. Mm, yeah. um, he's going to get you goals. Um, you know, as you said, Henry's a good player. I think Brannigan coming back's vital. You know, I think he's a player who um, I think Oxford do actually. You know, whenever I sort of see you play really miss. I think Vanekand's a really good player. So they yes. have got a good side there. Um, there's no doubt about it. So I don't think there's anything to worry about, to be fair. I think Robinson has finally got the team to how he wants it to be. Um, and I think, to be fair, they, 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 you know, they are where you would actually pretty much expect them to be, to be fair. But I don't think there's anything to worry about with the little blip you're on at the moment. I think you will come out the other side in a better manner anyway.
0: Mm. Well, there's a, well, to be fair, there's a decent chance we might be on the back of three defeats Uh, obviously we're playing Man City on Wednesday which I mean that's a free hit of a game Wickham is a tough one obviously on the back of our first defeat in a while you'd probably want somebody mid-table bottom half to sort of get you back on track but Wickham is going to be a tough one Um, we might as well just talk about that game right now to be fair Um, Broome what what are your thoughts of that game mate you you were messaging me last night saying you are a bit nervous Um, I'm I'm sort of a little bit relaxed coming into it I'm, I'm expecting a tough game Um, you know what? What are your thoughts out of that game, mate?
2: Well, yeah, I'm. I'm nervous. Like, there's one team I don't like losing to in this league. It's Oxford. Obviously, being such good mates of you, like you sort of sort of got one up on me for quite a while. If um, if we do lose that game, so I I really, I really don't. I'd I'd probably, I don't know, man. I I really can't. I can't call the game at all. To be fair, like like I don't really know what side Oxford could put out. You you say Baptiste might be back from injury. Brannigan might be. We we don't know. So. If if Oxford had played that sort of injury hit team which have been starting the last couple of games, then yeah, I probably would fancy us to fancy us to win the game. But if if they've got their best players back, despite the fact they may not be fully match fit, it could easily be a sort of sort of a, a Oxford sort of like the game Oxford sort of cling on to because I, I can see um Oxford definitely dominating the ball, but it's whether our, our, we conceded a few amounts of goals in the league, so our, I've got every faith in our defence to sort of stay strong and keep Oxford at arms length when they have got the ball. But you, you can never like I don't know I just can't I honestly can't call it I honestly can't call it.
0: Mm. Matt, from a neutral perspective, what are you I mean maybe that's the best way to to really get a coherent sort of prediction on this one without yeah. without, without with bias sort of fully removed. Um, what what are your thoughts heading into this one?
1: I think it's interesting. I think it's it's, it's amazing what I suppose a couple of months can do. Because if you looked at this game in December, you would go, "Oh, Oxford are going to win easily." No disrespect to them, but it's just amazing how far they they've come as a team under Ainsworth. I think for, for Wickham now, every game they're going to play, they're under serious pressure now to keep going. So I think that's what's going to really make, make the game really interesting on the Wickham back. Because, they, you know, all the games they've played in League One, you know, look at last year, it was a free hit. This year, the, the, you know, the more wins they're getting, the more pressure's on them, given they're on the seven-point lead now. So for Oxford, you know, it's amazing to think as a home team, and probably for the first time in a long time, they're under less pressure playing Wickham. So it's interesting to see. I think... Wickham will really look at the Man City game in midweek. If Oxford pick up injuries, um, that could really hamper their, their preparations. The team selection is obviously going to be important, given you've got a lot of players coming back. So, And as I said, I can't see Wickham losing at the moment, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a 2-1 Wickham win. I'm, I'm, I just can't see them you know, slipping up in these big games. And away from home, they seem to do get these jobs done. You know, okay, they drew a victory, it was a missed penalty. They beat Rotherham away, which is not an easy thing to do. So I'm going to go with a Wick and Winks. I think they have looked really strong as of late and, and carrying on throughout the
2: season. So. I do think that's a good point, what you made there about the Man City game, because yeah. we've got a whole week to rest up and Oxford are playing one of the best teams in the country yeah. on Wednesday night. They've got, what, three nights after that to sort of recover from the fatigue, getting run around by some of the best players in world football. And I think that could, that could be quite quite a good thing because when we played, we played Rochdale after they played Man United and Rochdale just didn't look half the team, which you know they can be on the, on the ball, like, when, but this is when when they had their good early season form where we were talking about them as sort of being like potential dark horses of the playoffs so after they scored that goal against South Bend, which had like a lot, a few like, it, let's be honest, it went sort of um, quite viral, that video, like the 30 mm. pass moves saying that the Pep Guardiola having the influence on in English football and all that malarkey like that was when Rochdale in a good spot, we played them after they played Man United I mean, we just took him apart, beating 3-0. Like we looked absolutely deadly going forward that day. And I think that could be a sort of it could be you could see something similar here. I mean, I hope I'm right. But I don't wanna say something silly like when this when this podcast is going out for people to listen to and like being too confident and hunt down a wick and win. But that that's the sort of thing which really does, especially for an injury hit squad which Oxford have got. That's the ninety minutes against the best team. It could even be 120 minutes, let's be honest. No, can it? Yeah, it can, yeah. It would be 120 minutes, let's be honest. So that could um Really, be what the fatigue and that when we were fully fresh after having a whole week off. That could be ultimately what settles this game. So I'm gonna to have to just for that reason alone. That's what I'm putting that down to. I wanna say two 0 we can win. Well,
1: what do you what do you think, Joe? Obviously, you know, look, you've got the better voice on Oxford than, than me and Broom So obviously, well, I'll, we will take your your word for it. So what what do you think? You think your team will turn up, or do you really worry given you got Man City on Wednesday and then you play top of the table we haven't lost since September?
0: I mean, the thing I'm more worried about from the Man City game is not really about injuries as such, because I don't think Man City are going to be coming in with the tough tackles. I think they'll just sort of knock the ball about and, and we'll sort of just be running around trying to chase after them. What I'm worried about really is the fact that we could be coming into the wicket game on the back of a 7-8-0 defeat if Man City take it seriously. You know, let's be honest, like they've they've... they've in last if the last couple of seasons since Guardiola's come in they've not really taken pity on lower league teams. I mean they beat Burton something like 8 or 9, they beat Rotherham, I think 7, seven past Rotherham. Him. Yeah, I mean they you know if they're in the mood they can really um inflict a a, a really, you know, a humiliating scoreline on you um, if if you're not if you're not sort of quite there. So it'll be interesting to see what um what what sort of team they put out? I mean, I saw they've been handed a, a massive injury boost by Sergio Aguero being available, so I'm sure that will uh, enhance their chances of winning massively. Like they need, like they need him available. But yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, I expect us to lose that game, but I I would really like it if we because last we played them last season and we made an okay count of ourselves. It was like I think it was three like nil. If we could just avoid a re like a like a really big scoreline. Uh, like seven or eight. Like if we just lose like four nil or something like that, I'd, I'd take that now. Um, and and uh, well, I mean, let's be honest though, we're not going to win. I mean, I'm hoping it's, my it's, team's going to lose four nil. Yeah, but, 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 but come on, like w- what what can we hope for from this game? Like three nil, like two nil, like I mean, that's what that would be a, a good goal. <laughs> a, go- a goal, yeah, a goal, yeah. But I mean, if we lose nine one, like I mean. It's a... <laughs> Yeah, let, let, let's not like let's
2: remember oxford have beaten a premier league team at home 4-0 already um, yeah, in, in this... <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's a, you're winning 4-0 against a premier league team. okay Man City are a good, of, a are? world we gonna... you got, 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 <laughs> Oxford are still capable of making a decent account for themselves like I don't think it's uh I mean let's be honest like man city probably will win the game but there's no reason why it can't be like a 3-1 or something like a like Oxford yeah, score a goal, keep it tight, One, and then City get a couple of late goals as quality shines through. But there's the hope for a four-nil defeat. That's ludicrous. Surely.
0: I mean, I'm being frank. But if, if I if we come in and I talk to you on Thursday night and we've lost nine nil, then I'll I say point approval <laughs> 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 <Like>, Well, <I laughs> hope you do lose nine
2: 0 but. Here
0: it is. but I'm. I'm just saying, like that. That's. I don't want a like a like a really bad scoreline because they, they they have done that in the past. Is what I'm saying, like Burton, yeah. Rotherham, like they have absolutely hammered teams in the past couple of seasons. And although they're not, they're perhaps not the um the force they were. Let's say last season, they've not had quite as, as an easy run in the league this season. Like it's tough, but uh, anyway, I mean, moving on to the talk about the Wickham game and Spit in um in particular, um, I am not that confident that we're going to get a win i would probably i probably would take a draw now just so we can uh you know as i say like avoid back-to-back defeats in the league um not allow wickham to gain any points on us you know i'd probably take a point now but again like we've been pretty strong at home this season um i think we've only lost maybe one at home this season i think to burton early early in the season um so we're pretty strong at home Depends what sort of players we're available. We talked about Tariq Fosu. He's not really been on it the last couple of you know, three or four games. He's looking a, bit, a little bit burnt out. Um, if if he's performing, if Branigan's performing, and he's hunting, sort of really match fit, then I I would say that we've got a good chance um, of getting something. But obviously, Wickham are on a, a pretty ridiculous run of form at the moment, so it's going to be pretty. It's going to be a, the toughest game of the season so far for us. But to be fair, we've we've done all right against the teams around us. You know, we have beat Peterborough. Um, we 've beaten Rotherham away we 've taken points off teams in and around us um so it's it 's going to be interesting like i 'm not i 'm not expecting a win as such like as, as negative as that might sound but yeah you know, it is going to be is going to be tough like um i 'm I'm, I'm not too sure um what what was your prediction um, what you, two 0 what would you say
2: yeah i think two If there 's um a lot i don 't know if there 's any over eighteens listening to this podcast who who have a bet but if you 're looking at some th- of some value this weekend, Wickham were almost three to one to win this game. We've only lost one match wow. all season. Really, like, I think if you got if you want value there, I think you've got it in abundance. So, and, and Oxford have only
1: lost once at home, Mike. three to one. That is Massive. Like, three to oh. I think
2: three to one for a Wickham. I think that's huge. Like uh, if yeah. if I was a neutral, I'd definitely have a couple of quid on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I'm I'm not gonna have a couple of quid on that, am I? But I mean, I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. Um, Hopefully, I mean hopefully it's a good game. Like we've seen some pretty decent games in the past. Um Wickham Oxford is always a bit of a tasty affair. Uh we'll see how that one goes. Um let's talk about uh predict some other games this weekend. Uh we've spoken a bit about our clubs this this episode, but so I apologize for that to the listeners, but let's talk about Portsmouth against Ipswich. Um Ipswich looking to Get their sort of season back on track, their promotion bid back on track. They've had a really rocky path recently. I don't think they've won in six games. Um, Portsmouth have recovered a little bit recently, but they lost four-one at Accrington at the weekend. Um, Broom, I'll come to you first, mate. How do you mm-hmm. see this one going the weekend?
2: Well, I called. Um, well, <coughs> right, I'll start that again. I, I said, um, I think I said it to Alzi, I fancy Bristol Rovers to be um, Ipswich on Saturday away from home, and they did. And I really don't think Ipswich and well, what? Well, I don't think that, what people are saying, like, I mean, people said a few weeks ago, oh, they're already promoted, Ipswich like, and one other. I, I've never thought that was the case. And I'm, and I'm glad that like, people have been sort of been brought down to earth a little bit by them since this recent poor run of form. Because obviously in all competitions, uh, they've won once in their last seven in all competitions. Like, that is pretty, pretty poor form, really, if you're talking about a, a promotion-challenging team. And I, I think against Portsmouth away, Portsmouth are starting to find their groove a little bit as well. I know they've um, just come off the back of a four-one thrashing from from Accrington, which obviously isn't a great result. But before that, they, they'd won about like six or seven in a row, and I think it's a really really tough game going down to Fratton Park, uh, especially when you're not in a good run of form. So I'm sort of leaning towards the Portsmouth win here. I think. So I, don't, I think Ipswich will um, be there to come the end of the season, but I don't think this is a game to end their sticky patch. I think it's the last thing you want to do when you're when you're not in a good run of form, sort of going to have to go down and play. Um, a Portsmouth side who are, who are desperate for results to keep up there, sort of um, hunt back on for the top six.
0: Matt, what do you think, mate?
1: I'm, I'm siding with a Portsmouth win, to be fair. I mean, I, you know, obviously, I was at the Ipswich game Saturday, so they're still quite fresh in my mind, and they look quite poor. I think, you know, we did, you know, I don't want to take away how poor they were. Well, I think Rovers played really well on the day. We kept Norwood and Jackson quiet to, to an extent. Norwood had took his goal well, to be fair. But they do look like a team who, who've, you know, been really shocked. I think, you know, they went 2-0 down and it just really took a lot out of them. To be fair with Portsmouth, I think Jacket's turned things around really well there. Obviously, there's doubts creeping back in after that hammering to, to Accrington, which is obviously not a, not a nice thing to go through. Um, but I, I really do think Portsmouth can, can, can win. I, th- I, I still reiterate they have probably got the best squad in the league. Um, you know, you look at the depth they've got, I think it's absolutely frightening what they've got. It's a shame... They had such a poor start, but I'm going to go with the ports of where I'm going to go with two one. And you know, I'm I never thought Ipswich were, were were going to run away with this league. They didn't strike me as a Wigan or a, a, or a team like that. They they have got the quality players. I just think the way they play, that's why people um, shouldn't think they should run away with it because they're not excited to watch. They go for one nil, two nil wins. They don't go for the three, four nils. So they're more streetwise than they are attacking, but. I'd go with uh, a Portsmouth win, so I'm going to go
2: two one. Yeah, I was. I was. made a good point there about um the way Ipswich play. Like, they, there's no twist about it. They're a long ball team. Like people associate Wickham being the long ball team. When um when we played Ipswich, they made twice as many long balls according to Opta as what Wickham did. Like, I don't know why Wickham. Well, I know why Wickham had this reputation to be a long ball team, but Ipswich sort of people need to sort of realise that they play quite route one as well. Like they're they're not exactly like a sort of free flowing attacking team, which the players such as like John Mould and Alan Judge were suggesting would be. Like they, they are. Pretty like one
0: di- one dimensional themselves at times. Mm, yeah, I mean, I I've always thought that Ipswich are quite fragile as well. Like they're as I, as I mentioned, like when we were talking about Wickham, like the teams below Wickham are quite fragile. Ipswich are definitely put in that category of teams that I just don't think are going to be consistent enough to get. I don't. I, I honestly, right now, if I was had to predict the the league table right now, I personally wouldn't put them in the top two. Who would uh, you put in top two? Wow. I don't think I would. Wickham I don't think I would to be Heathrow fair. Maybe. Mm-hmm. With Peter. I think Peter will probably strengthen their squad in January and get over the line. But I would just, I just, I just, unless Ipswich make a couple of additions, make a couple of additions in January, which they could do to be fair. I just don't rate them that highly. I just think they're a lot of people think they're going to go up because they're one of the biggest clubs in the league. But I just, I, they, 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 to me, just remind me a lot of Sunderland last season. They'll probably hang around there close to the end of the season, probably finish like fourth or fifth, and then, but they won't go into the playoffs with momentum. And I can see them staying in front of the season. But again, that's like uh, that's you know, to get sidetracked a little bit. I, I I think for this particular game, um I think I think probably a draw will probably sit on the fence a little bit for this one. I don't think Portsmouth are that great either, although they've picked up a little bit in recent weeks. I think they were going a little bit over the top with their criticism of Kenny Jacket, but yeah, they've not they've not they've not really been great. They've not been as strong as last season. I don't think they'll um be knocking on the door of that top two. Maybe playoffs if they sort themselves out again. they probably need a couple of signings in January as well. For this game, I'll probably go for a 1-1. Did you give a prediction for this one, mate?
2: Uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Portsmouth win.
0: Fair enough. Um, we'll round it up by predicting. We'll, we'll, we'll get back on to talking about one of our teams. Um, and Rovers, are, uh, which could be uh, the first game of the post-Graham Cochlin era, uh, against Peterborough. Uh, who are right up there as well. It's uh, second, uh, third, third against fourth, sorry. Um, Matt, I'll come to you first. Uh, makes sense to do so. Uh, are you feeling confident ahead of this one? I mean, it's going to be a bit of a weird atmosphere um,
1: at the Memorial on Saturday, isn't it? It's going to be a very, very strange atmosphere. I, you know, look, you want to hope that the new manager comes in, but I don't think it will be. I think, you know, you talk about Oxford, they've got Manchester City in the week. We've got Plymouth, which is a, ter- which is a really tough replay in the FA Cup. So that could really hamper the players. That could hamper us. Um, I think with the players, I think we've got such a good core of players, it's not going to affect them. But I think Peterborough will look at the situation we're in. The crowd are going to be unhappy. They're they're not stupid, aren't they? They're going to see the social media, that we're unhappy with how things are happening. So it could be a really, really bad time to play them. But the way we're playing at the moment, we're really tough to beat. So I'm going to sit on the fence Maybe I'm being a bit too biased. You know, people can call me out, whatever. But I'm going to go with one. Or I think we're not going to lose this game. Um, and, you know, Peterborough are a good side. You just, for me, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on them. But I think if you keep Tony Issa, quiet and Madison, uh, you've got every chance of winning the game. But, every, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough keeping one of them quiet, let alone the three of them. But I'm going to go with one. 1-0 I'm quietly confident we'll get a point, which I take in the grand scheme of things, given the week we're going to have.
0: It depends sort of like how you react to Cochrane leaving the whole team because I remember last season, a bit of a weird example maybe, but um, when Nathan Jones left Luton, I thought, okay, that's going to derail them completely. And they just really just clubbed together under Mick Hartford mm. and just and kept going. Like it could be a, a similar sort of thing with Rovers. Depends how you react. I think we'll probably find out in the in the first couple of games. This will be, it's a tough one to really start with if, if Cochrane does leave as we're expecting him to, to, to Peterborough. Um, I... I fancy Peterborough in this one. I'm going to go for a one 0 win. I think they're, um, I think they're pretty strong. I think, uh, although inconsistent, it wouldn't surprise me if they sort of slipped up in this game. I think I, I'm going to back them to get three points. Um, what about you, Bram? What are you thinking about this one?
2: I think this is going to be a goal festival. I think both both teams yeah. average, um, but Peterborough average more than three goals a game. Rovers just under. And I think the fact Coughlin's leaving that's going to probably. Mean the defense is going to be somewhat less organized for overs, and I can just see goals finding their right and center. I'm going to, I think, especially with Peter for the attack, they've the most amount of goals in the league. They've got three of the best attackers in. Well, we all know who they are: Tony, Iso, and Madison. And I think it's just going to be a really good Matt, are You going to this game? Touch and go, 50-50. If you go, I think you're going to see an absolute cracker of a game. And I'm going to go. I, maybe not result-wise, I'm going to go four-two um, to Peter, but.
0: wow wow Wow! yeah that would be i would be a cracker um yeah i mean that just about wraps things up for this uh for this episode of the league one lowdown uh i guess we'll see you again in two months and (laughs) i don't um (laughs) um, we'll we'll hopefully get um, more regular podcasts out after this one um uh thanks for joining us thanks to uh to to alex and matt for for joining me for this podcast cheers guys
1: absolute pleasure joe Glad, glad we've uh hope well I'm glad we got this one out hopefully glad we can do more
2: regular ones anyway Absolutely. yeah i have got, yeah, yeah. got to be honest we've the two months working we've been top of the league for we haven't done a single podcast
0: and yeah that, that's why year, I've been everything. avoiding talking to you for the last <laughs> so, two months in fact the
2: <laughs> manager just sit there and just completely big up gap hey, we're just, up, we're just trying to paper over the, the cracks minutes. a little bit yeah, I've <laughs> well, been,
0: been desperate to avoid you for the past two months that's, that's, it's been, it's been, been, been far brilliant far
2: to be able to get all that out, yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> it may not, it may not yeah. last much longer
0: who knows nice I mean, I, mean hope, so. I hope that I'll be the one gloating for next week after we've uh, after we've put you to the sword Yeah, yeah wait, if Oxford went on Saturday then don't expect another podcast back
1: we'll
2: have to be drafting his special
1: guests
0: again the turn of the Jake <laughs> yeah, anyway anyway we'll we'll wrap this one up um, follow us on social media uh, at l1 lowdown and uh, and we'll see you again very soon so yeah